On today's show, we talk about how dodgeball is legalized bullying, how millennials are ruining alcohol, and how tough are you? You fellas ready? Let's, Let's go. Welcome to the show. We got a good one for you. Welcome to the Hardy Texas Podcast. We are here, and we finally have enough mics where we can bring on our producer, Will Gupton. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. All right, let's talk about our agenda here. So yesterday was a big day for United States women's national soccer team, getting the 13-0 dub on Thailand. They kicked that heavy-duty booty. All I know is that Alex Morgan, they got five goals during the game. She almost got a double hat trick. That was impressive. Wait, she scored five goals? Five yeah, she scored really? five goals. Yes. Uh, the next, wow. next closest was three goals. So they weren't, she wasn't too far behind. Wow. But it was crazy. And, okay, also, I didn't know this, but the U.S. has only had two goalies from 1996 until now. Was it Hope Solo and someone else? Yes. Wow. Dude, it's nuts. I just didn't know like a goalie was that big of a position for the women's national team. Well, I mean, they don't really run them around or anything. I mean, yeah, I remember when, I was, when we were younger. Yeah, we were all in the same soccer I team. would get so tired, and I'd just start walking, and my mom would say, Kane, run, run. I'd just look back. I'd just give her the hand like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I ain't running. Yeah, you were, the, you were the star back in the day. So what did you guys think? I mean, after they scored their eighth goal, they started really getting a little cocky. Do you guys accept that behavior, or do you guys think hey, if you ain't they first, out of line? If you ain't first, you're last. Just go for it. Shout out to Ricky Bobby. What did you want them to do, let up? I don't think so. Just freaking keep your foot on their necks Yeah, and keep your go. foot on the pedal and keep going. That's, this is everybody's national team. This like, is Natty's. This is the World Cup. you got to be better than that. Come on. Thailand. Come on, this is ridiculous. Get get out of here with that. I don't see a problem. I don't see a problem with their behavior. All I know is that I hope they win the World Cup. Go women's soccer. I hope they score a million goals. Like (laughs) USA, USA, USA. I believe that we will win. So speaking of winning. We can also talk about the Texas Rangers. My boys. They're heating up right now. And Joey Gallo is coming back off. He just had he just started hitting off a tee. He's coming back. We are going to be so good. We're sitting at 36 and 31. We did just lose today to the Red Sox. But we're sitting pretty at second in the AL West. I mean, we are nine and a half games behind. Probably the team that's going to represent us in, in the AL in the World Series by nine and a half games. But we are in secured second wild card spot by two games. So that's what I like to hear. And I think Hunter Pence has kind of been picking up. Where Joey Gallo left off. He's just been going off. And the Rangers finish with the Red Sox tomorrow, and then they move on to Cincinnati. And that was your sports minute. <laughs> on to Cincinnati. Let's move on to our appetizer of the day. You guys hungry? I'm so starving. I'm so hungry. Okay, so like we said at the beginning of the show, according to new research, dodgeball has been considered legalized bullying. <laughs> you guys remember the five D's of dodgeball? Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. To be true dodgeballers, then you've got to learn the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, dip, dive, and dodge. If you master the five D's, no amount of balls on earth can hit you. The research has concluded that dodgeball is more than a game. It's legalized bullying. Canadian researchers argue that the game is a tool of oppression that can unfairly target students perceived as weaker individuals. 
What's your guys' take on this? Well, first of all, they're Canadian. And this is so freaking dumb. It is not bullying <laughs> at all. No, it's a fun game. And see, that's my thing. I think kids have lost their competitive edge over one another. That's what makes everything fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, right here in this article, it says that it's unfair. Like, kids unfairly target students per- just because they're weaker individuals. Well, heck yeah. Sorry, be a little bit more athletic, yeah. kid. <laughs> or you're, I mean, you're going to get hammered by a ball. I can just hear the <laughs> ball that, ding, you know, all that freaking yeah. head or something. I mean, we were all pretty good dodgeball players. You know why? Because we were bad mother heifers. Bad mother truckers. <laughs> yeah, we all had that competitive spirit because that's kind of like the sports we were raised on. Here's what they say in their study. Dodgeball is the only game where the human is the target. No other game focuses on it. I'm pretty sure tag is or baseball. The human is a target. I can go see baseball if the pitcher's pissed yeah, off I, at the pit. Uh, wall ball is supposed to be a wall, but you know everybody pegs each other. It's cool. The trio said the hidden curriculum of dodgeball reinforces the five faces of oppression. <laughs> so not the five D's oppression, which include marginalization, powerlessness, and helpfulness of those perceived as weaker individuals through the exercise of violence and dominance by those who are considered more powerful. Kids are just wimps these days. I mean, honestly, so I follow Dwayne The Rock Johnson on Instagram. Very inspirational. You should give him a shout-out. He talked today. It's kind of weird that we're talking about this, but he talked about it today in his Instagram post that he was at the Chiefs facility, and he said that since he failed at football, it made him a greater person and how he's become one of the most famous actors and slash WWE wrestlers of all time. And I think that's interesting because he failed – but if you're teaching these kids not to fail, they're not going to know how to build themselves back up when it does happen. Because you do fail. Have you ever thought to be like a motivational speaker, Will? Ah, I thought about it, but uh, <laughs> not very good at it. While the group isn't calling for schools to ban dodgeball, they want physical education teachers to closely examine the games <sighs> children are encouraged to play. What else are the kids going to play in the Freaking tiddly wings? No. Yeah. <laughs> we want tears. No, we want dodgeball. <laughs> I mean, I mean, even if, like, you remember back in the day, I don't know if kids still do it, but Thumb Wars? Oh, I mean, gosh. you tried to brutally break. hurt. You tried their... to break that damn thumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you want them to do? Sit there and talk about their feelings and their safe spaces or what? If anything, if anything, <laughs> I'm I'm more scared of, like, tetherball. I mean, that ball is coming at you oh, even yeah. faster than that. And it's attached to a string. I'm kind of a champion, so, I mean. I oh, <laughs> okay. You know, fourth grade champion, come at me. Well, you never played me. <laughs> And to finalize the report, the researchers also acknowledged their report would be criticized by many who argue dodgeball is just a fun game, but they insist things can be done differently. How? What are you going to do? The balls have already gotten softer. I mean... What? Put put helmets on them? (laughs) What, do you want to sue them with full pads, too? (laughs) I I, I just don't know. I, I think... I don't see the correlation between bullying and dodgeball. I, 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 mean, just, I don't think bullying and dodgeball should be related together because you're on it. I think dodgeball is more of a team building game. You're on a team. You are counting on your other members to succeed as well. They're counting on you to catch a ball too because if you catch a ball, they're coming back in. Yeah, catching those balls is what it's all about. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> but people are so scared to get, get their kids' feelings hurt. No. Yep. Not this but guy. That's what gets kids to go get better. Like, yeah, they you know, need if you, to if you go, up. Like, man, I keep getting out. Maybe I should practice and go home and practice. And yeah. when I come back, I'm going to be the baddest dude on the court. The the baddest dodgeball player of all time. Wait, Just, so what should they go home and do? <laughs> practice dodging balls? Practice dodging balls. That's what she said. <laughs>
Just yeah. sure. And I want them to watch the movie Dodgeball. You learn a lot from Vince Vaughn, I promise you. And you're telling me you're not going to learn from Steve the Pirate? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so on to the next segment. Texas Towns. Alrighty, so the town I chose was Pasadena, Texas. So Pasadena was founded in 1893 and is also known as the birthplace of Texas. And uh, Santa Ana was actually captured here at the end of the Texas Revolution. And it is also home to the Allen Ranch, which is... That's a pretty solid pretty solid ranch. It's pretty big. 15,000 acres. Ooh. And it's one of the first and longest running ranches in Texas. Oh, and in the United States. Jeez. Jeez, Louise. And uh, also, one of my favorite movies was filmed there. Urban Cowboy with John Travolta and Deborah Winger. And, you know... What good song came from that movie? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah, you might want good to keep a day job. Yeah. <laughs> you mean You're night serious? job? You, night job. Did you really say Urban Cowboy was one of your favorite movies of all time? Actually, I'm just exaggerating on that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I've only God. watched it like one time. Thank God. And it's a uh, home to some famous people. Actually, two. <laughs> Mickey Gilly and also Marlon Esperanza. I guess that's how you pronounce your last name. That sounds good to me. Olympic bronze medalist in women's boxing. I've never heard of her before. I have not either. Okay. Does that, does that finish off your Texas town? That is about it. Okay. My town is San Angelo, which is in West Texas. It was founded in 1867 and was originally named San Angela. And it had been inhabited thousands of years before the Sp- Spanish settled there. But they were inhabited by the Jumano, which they were like Mexican Indian Mm. Uh, they were kind of a mix and they were one of the first cities to integrate in the 1950s so mm. kind of I mean kind of a big deal yeah it was also ranked fourth best in the country by Forbes magazine to open a small business so pretty mm. prosperous town if you wanted to open a small shop it's also home to Goodfellow Air Force Base and it's also a huge hub for livestock and telecommunications famous people wise the Lost Lonely Boys you guys remember them and Cy Young pitcher Greg Maddox was raised there and our boy Matthew McConaughey owns a ranch out there (laughs) you know what I love about these high school girls man I get older they stay the same age yes they do alright 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 thank you Matthew McConaughey for coming in the studio okay well So my town is Beaumont, Texas. Home of the peaches. See, that's not true. (laughs) He kids, but he's been saying that the same joke since freshman year of high school. (laughs) Famous people from Beaumont, Texas. You got Clay Walker, Mark Chestnut, and Tracy Bird. All country singers. Man, they can sing the roof off a building. Athletes, Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, the basketball player. And Jay Bruce, the baseball player. He just, Jay Bruce actually just built a house out there. It's worth $1.5 million. Crazy, especially out there. A little bit about Beaumont. It was founded on December 16th of 1838, and it was a huge lumber and rice milling town in the 1800s. The town was on the Natchez River, which made it an active port for shipping lumber. The cool thing about that, though, is the port allowed people to ship the lumber from Beaumont to other places around the country to kind of rebuild the railroad system after the Civil War. Hmm. It's also, another fun fact is, what most people probably know Beaumont for is Spindletop, where they were producing around 100,000 barrels of oil a day. Jeez. Uh, Jeez Louise. 
But yeah, that's a little bit about Beaumont, a little bit about Texas, our Texas towns. That was the Texas towns. All right, so now to the main course, boys. Let's eat. So a new, another research study that was done was that millennials are ruining alcohol they are. sales around the country now. And it's confirmed that that is right. So according to Business Insider, millennials don't like beer as much as older generations, and it's creating a problem for the industry. On Wednesday, it released Evidence's Lab third annual survey of roughly 1,200 U.S. alcohol consumers, and their main focus was, of course, how are millennials feel about beer? Beer industry has been plagued by millennials' rel- relative lack of interest, and beer penetration fell 1% from 2016 to 2017 in the U.S. market, while both wine and spirits were unmoved. UBS's survey of how likely millennials are, are to recommend different beer brands provided further evidence that this generation is simply less into almost every type of beer than baby boomers and Gen X. I just think that millennials think it cooler to drink wine and liquor rather than beer. See, I don't know if it's cooler, but I think... No, uh, I don't think it's cooler, but I think no, I know. some we, people we don't. think... We, we're big beer drinkers. Don't get me wrong, I like to, I like to have a little liquor every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tito's is my preferred choice shout out Tito's <laughs> I think though kids today want to drink liquor because they don't want to take the time to acquire the taste of beer mm-hmm. and they want to get drunk faster you know like it takes less drinks of liquor to get here's my take on beer I think compared to our parents generation I think the beer market is so much more diverse and there's mm-hmm. different beers coming out every single year and so now the the market's even more diverse, and that's why sales are plummeting because everyone it's just so spread out now. It's not in one into like any particular like five different companies. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's not really the millennials' fault. I think it's all the business owners' fault that are offering us more beer, and everybody's just like, oh well, you know, I don't want to stick to the generic beer like like Miller Lite or Coors or Blue Moon or Guinness or Corona. There's nothing wrong with those. No, wrong. absolutely not. And according, actually, according to the newer studies, millennials actually liked Dos Equis, Stella, Shrock Top, Budweiser, Coors Light. And then besides that, brands like Miller Lite, Samuel Adams, Guinness, Heineken, and Blue Moon were under, and they had loss of sales. So all those other different brands, they, had, they were up. I mean, if you think about the Blue Moon, Heineken, Guinness, Samuel Adams... Those are premium beers. I, yeah. well, I mean, wouldn't you say that? I mean, they're a little bit more expensive than Budweiser or Bud Light or anything like that. Yeah. Beer already lost 10% of market share to wine and hard liquor from 2006 to 2016. And UBS believes that the trend will likely continue, writing in the research note that big spirits brands appeal better placed than bigger beer brands. Like what you were saying, Will. Kids are starting, or not starting, I mean, pot's been around for a while, but I think the People are wanting to smoke pot because uh, you know back in the seventies and sixties, seventies and eighties, it was you smoked and you drank, and I mean that's what people did. And now it's just like kids just want to smoke and then just kind of relax, and that they don't drink anymore. So you think? So you think due to more regulation of of pot and legalization of it has led kind of been a contributor to the downcrease of beer consumption i do i Uh, firmly believe that i've never thought of that to be honest yeah no that's that's a pretty good take so it says in 2018 alone adults ranging in age from 18 to 35 years old have been blamed for sales declines in canned tuna american cheese home ownership motorcycles and of course beer what the hell canned tuna i love canned tuna you're one of the many few oh well i guess so 
I just think, I mean, from my source on the inside of the beer world, he's just told me that, you know, and also like these older generations of like these guys that are 35 to 50, they're drinking IPAs more than they are domestic beers. Brand loyalty is not a big deal in the, like you said, Blake, you know, brand loyalty is not a big deal because there's so, there's so many different beers out in the world. So people aren't loyal to where it used to be. Your choice was Miller Lite, Bud Light, or Coors Light, and Budweiser, or it was domestic beers. And now these companies are bringing out IPAs, mm-hmm. and it, they're stronger, higher percentage of alcohol, and people, it's cheaper to drink because you drink two of those. You get messed up. <laughs> you're you're feeling pretty good to where it takes you, say like five or six Bud Lights. Now, also, I think another thing that's killing people is the carb intake. Now, Cade's kind of oh, a fitness yeah. guru here, over here. He's our fitness guy. That's why I drink Michelob. That's why I drink yeah, Michelob. Yeah, so Michelob Ultra is skyrocketing over all the other beers. That's true. Because yeah. it's the low calories. But a lot of people are drinking liquor because it's not as fattening. Exactly. Like vodka and stuff. Oh, vodka. Vodka, vodka water. water. Yeah. Vodka water. Lots of lemons. Yeah, with, with some lemon. Exactly. Yeah. And this comes from a 2018 survey that said Michelob is the most important American beer since Bud Light. And guess what? They're owned by the same people. Yeah, they are. So this new study says that... So Michelob Ultra is setting its own pace as the fastest growing domestic beer in the country. And of course, it's owned by its parent company, Anheuser-Busch. And it was also, it's also became popular. And Ultra has essentially created its own untouchable sub-segment. With slight uh, hyperbole, but the numbers to back it up. Michelob Ultra is once again in a beer generation beer. Arguably the most important American brand since Miller Lite and Bud Light debuted about 40 years ago. Yeah. And that's how big Michelob has been in our country. And I, I really want to see what the sales are for Michelob. Michelob Ultra is doing. They're, they're sitting, they know who their target base is. And they know people are like, i got to watch my calories. Yeah. So that's why they just came out with the Michelob Ultra Gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, you know, <laughs> that's like what I buy. People see gold organic and they're like, oh, that's good. That's healthy beer. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there's such thing hey, as people, a healthy beer. There's not beer. such thing as healthy beer. Like, Okay, so it says Michelob Ultra, the low-calorie, low-carbohydrate beer, has been one of the top-selling brands in the U.S. with sales surging more than 80% since good 2014. Grief. Last year, it finished at 4.68 billion to Eurometer, and that's come mostly as the expense of the mass marketing light beers, Coors Light, Miller Light, and Bud Light, have been most dominated in the in the U.S. market. Michelob has positioned itself as a brand for drinkers leading leading in heavily active lifestyles yeah. who are looking to unwind with friends, and the brand is more popular with women than competing beers. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm that's crazy because women want to watch the figures. Mm. But men want to watch their figures, no, yeah, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Also, I think Michelob, I mean, if you go to any bar, this is my experience, but if you go to a bar, the two beers that you're going to see be bought, Dos Equis, just because people like the taste of yeah. it, I'm not a personal favorite. It's but a big this, domestic beer. Too. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not a big okay. fan of it. But that, it's going to be that and uh, Michelob Ultra. Those are the two. Yeah. And it's... That's just what people drink at the bars now. And, like, nowadays, I've seen less and less of our generation, like, drink, like, let's say, Miller Lite. I hardly ever see anyone drink Miller Lite these days. Do y'all? I haven't seen I, I, mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a big amount. Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean. But, like, with the older generation. Yes, uh, they love yeah. Miller Lite. Yeah. yeah, all the people, my dad loves it. 
Okay, have you guys ever tried the the Michelob Pure Gold or anything like that? Oh yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, you it, guys, it is. you guys want to know how much they sold in the first year? How much? A hundred million. You guys have any, anything else to add about what's going on in the beer market right now? Stick to your brand loyalties. Be loyal to your brand. Uh, shout out to Bud Light, Budweiser, Michelob Ultra, and any Anheuser Busch products. <laughs> there you go. Here's my last take on it. With with all these different IPA brands that are out, I think the, a lot of these bigger companies like Anheuser-Busch, Coors, those types of companies are going to come in and absorb more IPA companies, and we're going to see more of those IPAs come nationwide too. That's that's my final take on it. I think we're going to see more IPAs in, in the coming future, and they're going to be bottled even like nationally instead of regionally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. So let's go into our final segment. Welcome to the Salty Spittoon. How tough are you? Who wants to give their toughest response first? Ooh, I got one. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. <clears throat> How tough am I? How tough am I? I beat up the rock. So, so how's, how's that, that tough? tough? By only using paper. Oh! Uh, right this way. Sorry to keep you waiting. All right, Blake, you wanna? Sure. Oh yeah. I'm so tough. I leave Legos on the floor. So, so how's, how's that, that tough? Because I walk barefoot. Oh! Uh, right this way. Sorry to keep you waiting. Y'all wanna know how tough I am? I walked outside in third degree weather. So how's that tough? My nips didn't get hard. <laughs> that might be a super weenie hut junior. Oh, <laughs> super weenie hut juniors. Alright, Will. Alrighty. <clears throat> you know how tough I am? Someone told me a joke today, and it was about me. So how's, how's that, that tough? tough? Chuck Norris told me the joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs down! Super Weenie Hut! Super Weenie Hut Junior! Super Weenie Hut Juniors! So how tough am I? I'm so tough I watched Titanic. So how's that tough? I didn't cry during Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. Alright, it's pretty hard not to cry, so I'll give you Weenie Hut Juniors. Yeah, I'll go Weenie Hut. Weenie Hut Juniors! Alrighty, you know how tough I am? How tough are you? Oh, I'll tell you. I stumped my toe on the table. So, so how's that tough? I made the table cry. Hmm. <laughs> Weenie Hut Jr. Okay, I have to admit that's a Weenie, Weenie Hut Jr. Jr. <laughs> Weenie Hut Juniors. Would you leave a drink on it or something? <laughs> okay, well that about finishes up. Follow us on our Twitter page at Heart of Texas Pod. And follow us on our Facebook page at Heart of Texas Podcast. We also have shirts now. Other than that, you guys got anything else? No, I don't think so. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys, for letting me on the show today. Hope we'll have some fun times. We're going to have some great times. Love you guys. What song should I do to close out the show? We didn't talk about this. We're from the country. Yeah, we like it. Because it starts off with like... Bam, 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 From the 127 Studios in Waco, Texas, this has been the Heart of Texas Podcast.